Mosoko yandi anda mosayan si andra mosakan si andra mosashi andan mokanan yandi andan si hamosoya sankani yanda mosoye sanani mosoye sanai 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 Mosan Mosan Dian Sikan Moshan Dian Soto Moko Uan Dian Mosan Kian Danyan Setan Moshan Kian Moke Danyan Mosi Anan Moku Uan Sashan Mosan Kian Sakan Mokan Ian Mosan Ramana Shantan Ramana Yed Sihandra Mosakani Sihan Ramosakani Father, I lift up every heart. You love to record. You love to document. Even with your thoughts. Even with your wisdom. Words of expression. And we are just like you. You have me to document it. Here I am. For those who you already know, who you already sending me to, words you already have in the atmosphere that are floating, being sick, nuggets being thrown out, going to every place. It's not just the north atmosphere, the south atmosphere, east or the west. It's every specific location. Call it out by name. Every person by name. Everything connected to it by name. According to your will. Their finances according to your will. Their health according to your will. Their relationships according to your will. Their plan, your plan according to your will. Their vision, your vision according to your will. Their hearing, your hearing. You said they're hearing. They're listening to your voice and only according to your will. They're speaking what you've spoken. Would you speak what you still speak about? They're speaking according to your will. They're walking, following after you according to your will. Their hearts are open. Their hearts are open. And they're guarded with words of wisdom, words of life, words of godliness according to your will. Cast down doubt according to your will. Cast down unbelief according to your will. Cast down deception according to your will. Right now in every atmosphere. According to your will, those who are pressed into praise to prepare for the promise due to the purpose for your will, according to, according to, the word according, or one accord to, synchronized to, believing into, pressing through, because of your will. You know every heart. You search every heart. You know 
according to your will. It may look like less, but it's prosperity present according to your will. It's always the complete opposite to the flesh because according to your will, I release to every spirit man to receive what you already believe according to his will, your will. The power comes by according to your will. The strength comes by according to your will. The wisdom and knowledge comes according to your will. The understanding is according to your will. Increase is according to your will. Abundance is according to your will. Words of positivity seed sown on good ground according to your will. Any negative word that you didn't say, we cast it down according to your will. You know everything you need to do that you already actually done, but it's manifesting in our lives for the first time naturally. And we're releasing the manifestations which already took place now. Fresh revelations according to your will. When we say now, there's movements present because according to your will. When we say exceedingly, now, abundantly, now, according to what you can ask or even think, according to your will. Your will is your words. Your will is your vision. Your will is your handwriting. Your will is your deeds. Your will is your heart. Your will is your understanding. Your will. And we will and we can because you willed. You willed it over to us. Willed your will over to us. Willed your plan over to us. Willed your understanding over to us according to your will. Those who are connected to us, that are connected to them, that are connected to them, receiving right now according to your will. Those who are out of position, getting back in position, not later, not next week, now according to your will. Because in your will you said... In your will, you said. In your will, you said. And you saw. That no matter what you say, you're going to have that. So we speaking according to your will. Because you said the effectual, fervent prayer, which made a passionate, heartfelt prayer, according to your will. These words come from the heart that's guarded from the issues of life, according to your will. It availeth much according to your will. Just understanding that, God, you got this according to your will. God, you already handled this according to your will. What I'm seeing for the very first time in natural, you already saw supernaturally according to your will. Regarding our well-being, we're not going to worry. The flesh tells us to worry. The flesh tells us to complain. The flesh tells us to panic because we don't understand. Because we don't naturally see. We don't naturally hear. We can't naturally comprehend. It looked like failure. It looked like this 
destruction. It looked like destruction, but it's prosperity according to your will. It's no way we can fail walking with you. It's no way we can fail talking like you. It's no way we can fail walking with you, being with you, living unto you. Because according to your will, blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing, according to your will, God, my God, Jesus Christ. Gotta get up. Gotta get up. Filling us up. The sin words ready to be sent according to your will. Stretching out our hands and releasing a virtue of according to your will. This day, to everybody that's here, everywhere at the same time, receive according to your will, God. See, thing is, we look outside the box when it comes to looking at the things that are in the box. And what I mean by that, Father, we look for the big, the extraordinary, to be clearly seen naturally. But to you, naturally, it comes so extraordinary because it starts out small. That's why you dealt to every man the measure of faith, the size of a mustard seed. But that seed must continue to grow. Our thought life must continue to grow. Our faith life must continue to grow. Our words of knowledge, our words of expression due to relationship with you, all of this knowledge, every word by word, even letter by letter, even vowel to consonant, adverb, adjective, pronoun, continue to grow. Everything got to grow. Everything must grow. We're looking for the tree to already flourish, but it got to be planted first. The vine is always present, but looking for a branch to connect it to the vine in order for the branches to grow out. To bear fruit, to bear fruit, fruit has to grow. Everything must grow. I cannot feel this way next week, even two minutes from now. Even my thoughts got to grow as the day go on. It's no way you wake me up to feel worse than the day before. I have grown. My life has grown with the day, with the hour. Due to your supernatural power. To the body, to the flesh, it seems like the total opposite than what's actually happening here. It seems like it's a drought. It seems like you're slowing up. It seems like you're even not doing what we expect you to do when we ask you to show up. But in your reality, it's more than we can ask or even think. We are in the breakthrough. We are in the blessing. We already fully equipped to release every good thing. Just got to release it. In order to release, you got to believe. In order to receive, you got to believe. In order to push past, you got to believe. In order to use your faith, you got to believe. Got to believe. Even with the conversations that we carry. Coming together, linking up. It's not believing for you to do something. It's I already believe. I can only believe. But it's nothing wrong with saying what you're saying. Due to what you already have spoken. 
but it must be every word that comes out of your mouth. Now, what does that look like to hear and say every word, only what you say? Due to only what I hear. There are words on each side. There's trouble on every side. Distractions on every side. Mountains on every side. Storms on every side. But you never said it was before us. You said it's on every side. But yet, but yet, but yet, but yet, but yet, but yet, but yet. Never forsaken. Never struck down. Neither ever, ever destroyed. You may not know every detail. But you let us know something. You can give us a puzzle piece to the entire vision. And that's all we need. To continue to use our faith. And it adds pieces to the vision. Every single time. There's no such thing as one picture. Because you provide more than one vision. More than one dream. Because it's not just based upon us. It's everybody who surrounds us. And that's everybody who's here right now currently. There are some departing their body right now, right while I'm speaking. Unto the glory of you. No matter however, there's still a whosoever. Because out of their body, they enter your presence. And you said to me, no one thus far has denied your glory, has denied your name and did not bow before you. Christ as Lord and our personal Savior. Even those who felt like you wasn't when they were here, departed their body and bowed immediately before the king. And received their sonship as being a king. As being a Lord, because you are Lord of Lords and King of us kings. You're giving us the correct theology. The correct way of speaking, the correct way of speaking, the correct everything. You told Abraham in Genesis, your descendants will be slaves in a native, they will be held captive in a native land for 400 years. Talking about the Israelites in Egypt. You said to Abraham, you told Abraham, you're going to have descendants that's going to be held captive in a native line for 400 years. And then down in Exodus, you stated in 430 years, on the 430th year, they were free. But you told Adam, I mean Abraham, they're going to be there for 400 years. But then you went down and said, and they got freed at 430. So why was 30 years extended to the 400? Because you stated 400 to Abraham. Because you saw what Moses would have done. You already saw beforehand what he had done. When he killed that man. He couldn't stay there or he would have been killed. Or would have been jailed. And who would have lead the Israelites then? So he had to go away. And he was gone for 30 years. But it states 40 years. But 10 years is not accounted for. It doesn't make sense. And I thank you for the truth, the theology, the mysteries behind the work. Because it means that much to me to know some things exactly. Because if they were there for 430 years, it doesn't make sense 
if he left at 40 and came back at 80 and went before Pharaoh at 80 and went to him 10 times and you released 10 plants and they were in the wilderness for 40 years and they were 120, you took him home because he could not cross over due to disobedience and didn't even have a sacrifice to burn up in the atmosphere for repentance. Because you said clearly, listen to every instruction. If you do not obey, you shall be punished. I say, speak to the rock, Moses. Everybody complaining. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. This and that and ever. We've been here all this time. We where is we going to be free? All those words he was listening to, but you wanted him to only listen to you. You hear the complaints all day, every day, God. And you still hear them right now. But are you moved by that? No, because you are satisfied. And you wanted Moses to be satisfied. Because you're giving him a word. Word satisfies us. Because we have something to live up to. Something to look forward to. Something to stand on. Because you said it. You said speak and he struck the rock. You didn't have to have water to come out. But you still allow it to come out. And you told Moses he could not cross over and enter into because of what they, that deed was. And I'm not even aware that Joshua even know that he was going to be next to lead. <laughs> Hallelujah. Aaron wasn't able to cross over either. Now imagine that. Here go Moses being assigned to lead them into freedom. You never told Moses that he would cross over because you knew that Moses would to disobey you beforehand. You weren't going to lie to him because you do not lie. You're not a man. Now, had you said you're going to be in the promised land and then said you can't cross over, that made our father's a liar and that you are not. So you never told him he would cross over. You just said you're going to leave them there because you knew he couldn't enter in. Moses leading the children to the Israelites, leading the Israelites. And still knowing he cannot cross over. Had that major assignment, that massive assignment, and was not able to cross over. Because he knew what he'd done. Even though he'd been forgiven, but it wasn't no sacrifice to live up to be repented and be forgiven. Actually, as if it was erased. Wasn't no birth sacrifice around him. And you provide miracles during the day to lead them. And fire by night continue to lead them. Had manna fall from the kingdom to feed them. And surround them by meat to provide for them. Nobody was clothless, and they were 40 years. That's body growth. Limbs are growing, and no one was clothless. Had the clothes to remain as they were, it grew with them. The clothes grew with their size. How powerful is that? So amazing, my God. So if Moses was 40 when he came back, I mean, excuse me, if Moses was 40 when he left and 80 when he came back, then that would be more than 430 years. It'd be 440 years. But you said 430. And somewhere down the line, someone wrote down that he left at 40 and came back at 80. But you extended only 30 years, not 40 years. So that means that he didn't leave at 40 he left at 50 because he was only gone for 30 years. And it also states 
when he came back at 80, because he was gone for 30, it only took a matter of months leading up to a year that Pharaoh let the Israelites go. Because you stated in the word, you giving us the date. He was 80 when he came back. And he was 120 when he departed his body. So that's 40 years as you stated in the word that they were in the wilderness. So he was 80 years old when Pharaoh let them go. He was not 81 yet. Because it would have been 39 years they were in the wilderness. So he was 50 when he left, 80 when he came back, went before Pharaoh 10 times. 10 plagues before his 81st birthday. <laughs> there goes the 40 year journey. He hits 120, his time is up here. It's also amazing how you release a revelation of, you know, Christ at the supper. Because you stated on the first day was the third day for him to get up. And that's the first day, Sunday. So three days prior to that is Thursday. And you know why you chose Thursday? Because the Sabbath in a Jewish tradition is a day of rest. There is no labor. They wouldn't even be able to prepare the meal for the Passover. Judas wouldn't even be able to touch the money. Because you cannot touch money before, you know, sundown after the Sabbath is over. And he traded him with coins. So it had to be a day before Friday. They couldn't betray him to for him to be captured, to be jailed, because it couldn't have been no laws and all of this going on on Sabbath, during the Sabbath, because every Jew rests on the seventh day. So on Thursday, Morning, Christ approaches the disciples and he said to a couple, I think it was Peter and John, I'm speaking, Father, two of them, sent them to the man who owns that apartment, that bedroom, we don't say apartment, but owns that room, <laughs> with other rooms near, so it must be a building. Hallelujah. Because you said choose that room out of the other rooms. And that room was the cleanest room. And you say, make ready for the supper. Make ready for the Passover. Just like you sent the disciples to go get that donkey that never been written. Didn't give no clarification. You just said, go and do. And they went using their faith and believing that much in you. And they handed the donkey over gladly. Got on the donkey and they shot now, Hosanna, Hosanna. The same way you instructed them to prepare that room for the supper that happened on Thursday. So now it's Thursday evening. You're eating, you're supping. You see Judas 
become, you know, distracted right in your face. You see him under another influence right in your face and you dismiss them. Go ahead and do that deed that you were going to do. And he got up and left to go do it anyway. Usually when we call somebody out on what they're doing, what they know they shouldn't do, it will cause them to stop. But he had to be filled to do so in order for it to come to pass. Because nobody else is going to betray you, my Lord, in such a way. It had to be done. So all of that, the crucifixion, the betrayal, being jailed, being spat on, being hit on, thorns in, thorns in your head, all of that happening, coming to pass Thursday night. And before all of that took place, you went to go pray. And you told the disciples, you didn't tell them to sit up and come with you. You told them to stay awake while you go and pray. You could have said, come with me. I'm doing this for you. But you said, no, I'll go away and pray. You guys just stay awake. If this cup pass over me, God. If this cup pass over me, God. If these trials pass over me. If this sickness for your glory pass over me. If these slashes on my back, one for every form of infirmity, pass over me. Those putting the thorns in my head, if that encounter just pass over me. They deny me. If it just pass over me. Me bearing all the sins for them to be free from sins. And I know no sin. If this just pass over me. Every lie spoken to me about me. If it just pass over me. All the evil present around me. If it just pass over me. Them nailing my hands and nailing my feet. If it passed over me. Them drawing a nail in a side and piercing my side. If it just passed over me. Me stating to you, saying, Father, I thirst. And they give me vinegar. If it passed over me. Those who with me crying shall be rejoicing. Because I'm doing this deed for them to receive forever salvation. Eternal salvation. Being pulled back. This is their jubilee. But they're crying in a sense of what they're naturally feeling. Naturally seeing. Naturally knowing. Never the natural reality where supernatural is present. If this encounter just pass over me. Satan is in my face laughing. He had no idea. I'm about to take the keys back, but I gotta bear this first before I do that next. But if this just passed over me. Now it's time for salvation. If it passed over me, there was a war in the kingdom. If it passed over me, because of one man, if that pass over me, and because me as Christ, the man, if everything I got to go through, if it could just pass over me, you felt all of that in that very moment, and you wanted to sit up and just look at you while you pray, watch you and intercede while you pray. You knew they were very sleepy. That's why you had to stay right there. You just had to open their eyes. Just stay awake. And they couldn't stay away, not even aware of what's actually really taking place. And they walk with you, talk with you, sup with you. They were handpicked by you. And for that very moment, Savior, you say, if it just passed over me, what's in the cup? 
for you to say, if this cup pass over me, my God. If me go through what I got to go through for the new covenant, for the new wine, for new grace and supplications, for new mercy, from the old becoming the new, and the new becoming better, and it ain't been better than your, and your, it ain't been better than your beginning, your future being brighter than your past, it's about to pass over you. But before it passed over you, it got to pass over me. If you see what's in my account will not move because it has passed over me because it has passed over you because you have fulfilled you have finished everything happened Thursday night it wasn't Friday morning that would mean that you got up on the second day but it stayed in the Bible on the first day of the week And knowing how passionate God is to have us brought back, the first day starts at 12 a.m. And it says on the next day, the first day, I really believe it was 12 in the morning. You wasn't going to wait till no 8 or 9 in the morning, God. Because it was already finished. It was finished on Saturday. It was finished on Friday. It was finished on Thursday. It was finished before time even began because the cup already passed over him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. So thank you for the revelation. Moses was not 40 when he left Egypt. Forced to leave Egypt, he was 50. Because you stated to Abraham, 400 years, your descendants is going to be held captive in a native land the Israelites in Egypt for 400 years and went down in Exodus and said, but they were freed the 430th year. So there was extended 30 years. Why? Because Moses had to go away. And you did not expose what Moses' calling was to the Israelites because they wanted to do whatever they could to keep him there because he's the one to lead them to freedom. He don't even know how to, grace to do so. They're not even aware that their freedom, you know, their way of an escape just escaped from them. Because of what he did. That's why it's so important to watch what you do. See, the thing is, during that 400 year, when God begins to expose, Father, when you begin to expose unto Moses, seeing the poverty and the calamity they were going through, he can relate to him being born into that. Because he was also, you understand, born into Israelites, even though he grew up in an Egyptian home. Knowing the Hebrew practice and all of that. He didn't like the punishment. See, he saw it a lot because he grew up like that. But that very moment you was talking to him about freeing them. But the thing is, he started moving in the flesh instead of moving in the spirit. Because when you begin to have him to see how they was really being treated, it started to bother him. But when you show us things and expose things, it's not for us to operate in the flesh. It can cause an extension when it's supposed to be causing expansion. You knew that he would do that. That's why you went back and said, and they were freed in 30 years. Now imagine that as Israelites, as slaves at the time. 
and knowing that Moses is the one to free you and he had to escape and come back 30 years later, we had to go through an extra 30 years because of you. But he felt like it was good to do. He felt like he was doing a good deed, protecting his people by killing a man who's hurt his people. But the thing is, that's not how you get back at the enemy. Because you just wrestled against flesh and blood. But you're supposed to wrestle against the evil one. By listening and following after God. Moses grew up watching them in poverty. But that very moment God was talking to Moses about what he was calling him to do. But Moses began to operate in the flesh due to his emotions. He started to get angry. He started to get pissed off and took a man's life. Somebody saw and called him out. So before he get killed or before he get jailed, he had to go. And it took 30 years to come back. But while he was gone, God still blessed him and expanded him and multiplied him with his family. Sent him back 30 years later. Now you're 80 years old. Going before Pharaoh. So that means that it didn't take no time for God to talk to you. And you're going back and forth in the same conversation. But what are you going to say? Who do I say you are? Tell him I am that I am. It didn't take Moses no months, no weeks to do it. He did it. All that within a year. Because he was not 81 when he left. Because then God would have said 431 years. He said 430. So you came back at 80. The plagues went past. All that came apart. Now you're leading them. The 40-year journey begins. Can't go no further. Got to stop with God having you to stop. And they got to continue on without you. Naturally. But still had you supernaturally when you departed your body. It's so amazing Christ to receive revelation that the crucifixion and all that happened Thursday night, everything at night, being nailed to the cross, all of that at night. So, you know, they had kerosene lamps, fire on sticks, all that out there present because it was not Friday morning. Then that mean you would have rose on Monday, but you said the first day of the week. So that's Sunday. And you wouldn't have did that on the Sabbath. Because not what Jews do on the Sabbath. They do no labor, do no cooking, do nothing. That's why the Pharisees were getting on you guys for picking wheat out of the ground, out of the dirt, out of, you know, the grass. On the Sabbath, because you're not supposed to do any labor. And I grew up Jewish, I know. No TV, no phones, only if emergency. No nothing, no entertainment, you know, naturally. But it's just praying and sitting before God, worshiping. Every conversation got to be only about spiritual, spirituality, biblical spirituality. Nothing outside of that. Not what you're going to do later. Barely can really even supposed to even drive. <laughs> but just driving to go to the temples, the synagogues and the churches. They used to call you Rabboni. 
I forgot my Jew, my Jewish, oh God. My Hebrew is a little off, hold on. Yo, Rebani Shali, oh God. Yo, Abba Shali. But yo, Rabani Shali. And it wasn't at Lila, it was. Do, it was that lineup, but it wasn't doing the Hare Hasarayim Tovim. Yes, clear. Oh, God. Yes, clear. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, God. It's just getting a little. Yes, clear. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, clear. Robani, Shalim. Ahok. Ahok. No, Ahok. <laughs> Ahok. Oh, God. <laughs> Allah la ahok ah ye hot soti ahok ye hot soti ahok yeah <laughs> ah I, I, oh god <laughs> I haven't spoken in so long but zo abashli zo rabanishli ahok Zay Quinisha Shali. Thank you, Father, for revelation. I love you. It's amazing to know that, you know, all that happened on, you know, Thursday night, Friday, he was dead, Saturday, he was dead. And there goes the third day when he rose. He didn't rise after the third day. It said on the third day. And you know what's so amazing about that, God? I know that the Bible is basic instructions. I get it. But according to the book of Matthew, Luke, and John, they were all there together. And each encounter due to a revelation they revealed in the word is different. Due to how Christ got up and what happened when they went to the tomb, it's even different in all three books, how they approached the tomb. One say Mary, the other Mary, they went first. One say that Peter and John went and then Mary went after. Then one say Mary and the other Mary and them went to tell disciples to come. The tomb is rolled away. One said it was one angel right there with the tomb. One said the tomb was rolled away and they walked inside the tomb. And one said two angels came down the city from heaven and told him he's not here. When we ask for things like that, you give us a vision or a dream. Clarification. And on that third day, you showed me, you took me there on that tomb, in the tomb. And Christ opened his eyes. That's the first thing he did on the third day was open his eyes and his head was, you know, covered. It was, you know, wrapped around a cloth. It was wrapped around his head. The angel wanted to assist him and Christ, I got it. Thank you. 
They put this on me. Now I'm here to take it off. All forms of evil, I, I have taken it off. All forms of death been taken off. Hallelujah. Take it off. And you took off, you unwrapped your head and put that cloth on one side and took the garments off that they put on you and put it on the other side. And you didn't leave out unclothed, you had on fresh garments. But the thing about it is, you got up in the flesh and you got out and walked where you told them to meet you in Galilee. On the third day, I will meet you in Galilee. On the third day, they're still in Jerusalem crying for our Savior. And you're walking past and no one notices you. You show us proof that you came back in the flesh because you said to Thomas and the your disciples, if you don't believe it's me, he's looking at Christ and don't believe it's Christ. Same look, same posture, same voice, everything. And you still don't think it's me. It's like Quenisha going in front of her family. It's not you. It can't be you. This too great to happen to even think to even be that excited to know that it is you. So unbelief can blind you. Jesus Christ. Touch my side, Thomas. Before you even encountered Thomas, you told some of the disciples, don't touch me yet. I have not yet been to my father. So you were able to be touched. <laughs> Unbelief can really blind us. <laughs> Many people suffer because of what? A lack of knowledge. And you still went to Galilee because you said you were going to meet them there. Whether they was on their way there or not, you were on your way. And you still went there. Still went. Even at the seaside where they was toiling all night to get fish. And you right there. They wasn't so far from the shore. They didn't know it was you. Just, a, just looked like a regular man out there just cooking. Early in the morning. It took for you to give another miracle, release another miracle for John and Peter to say, wait, that's Christ. <laughs> no one could do that but him. <laughs> no one has done that here but him. Great works. And he said, in greater works. Peter, bring some of what you have. They bought all of it. Peter made sure they bought all the fish because they all got off the boat. They didn't want to chance any of it getting away because they were there all night. It was a come up. That was their job, their profession at the time. Peter put his clothes back on because when you're doing some type of labor, sometimes you got to take certain things off. It's in the way. He put his stuff back on, dive in and swam to Jesus. He wasn't far from the shore. And he put all the fish. <laughs> what was it, Father? Christ, 153, 155 pieces of fish. And all the disciples wasn't even there. What about four of them? Five. <laughs> what 
what y'all gonna do with all this fish? Peter wasn't thinking about, they know they weren't gonna eat it all, but he didn't want to get away because he, you know, could sell some as a fisherman. That was his job. He cared about it too much. He cared about the miracle more than being a releaser of the miracle. And that's why Christ said, Peter, do you love me more than these? You never said them. You said these. You wouldn't consider us to be these. You're talking to a thing. These. You would refer a vehicle to being them. That's regarding a person. Someone with emotions. Do you love me more than these fish? Not these disciples. That'll be rude. <laughs> Do you love me more than these, Peter? Yes, I love you more than these. Then feed my sheep. He went to ask disciples, do you guys, do you, Peter, love me more than my disciples? That wouldn't have made sense. It's like saying, Quenisha, do you love me more than you love your son? What am I going to say? No, Christ. I love David more. No, he wouldn't have asked that. That would be a foolish question. Do you love me more than this fish, Peter? Yes, I do. And from that very moment, he became a fisher of men and not a fisherman. <laughs> God. Do you love me more than this fish, Peter? Yes, then feed my sheep. Do you, Peter? Yes, Lord, feed my sheep. <laughs> and it's so amazing that to receive revelation, that my spiritual marvel is in the atmosphere, God. He denied Christ three times. And then he began to accept the invitation three times. Do you? Yes. Do you? Yes, my Lord. Do you, Peter? Yes, Jesus. Do you for the first time you denied me? When you said no, now I'm saying yes. Do you the second time you denied me before the crop, the crop, the crow crop? Yes. Do you for the third time you denied me and then the crow caught? Yes, I'll feed your sheep, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the reason why he chose to ask him three times and he had them to ask me, he denied three times because always one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love that. Even though we all are one but they all are characterized for their own original identity. You cannot confuse the comforter with God. Then in case he won't have to release the comforter, even though God is the one who supersedes it all. It's like God give me a fruit salad in a bowl. I cannot call a grape an apple, even though it's mixed up in it as one. A grape is a grape. An apple is an apple. An orange is an orange. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, I thank you so much for such a time as this. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love how you just, just, oh God. 
147. What about Angel 147? I have with my pen. You want to say something? Okay. I receive it. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for everything. Anything else you want to uh, expose? <laughs> oh, God. You're exposing what you're eating. Applesauce with a cinnamon stick. And you're stirring it up with a cinnamon stick. You are amazing. Are you ready for more glorification that you're already aware of? How can I surprise you? We can't. Because you already know ahead of time. <laughs> Unless I try to talk fast, you already hear every word as it slowed down. Even from the end of the word to the beginning of the sentence. You already know. But just having a heart to know that, you know, love to surprise you. We love you so much, God. You put in my heart that you are releasing multiplication in every area in our lives. And there are a set of people that are receiving much more right now. It's not always, you know, per se in dollars, but it supersedes that amount. And it brings forth the resources, which are also dollars. But I'd rather have grace. <laughs> because you got to pay with money to open up doors. But with grace, the doors are already open. <laughs> and who can close them? God. The I can't say the best mission trip. My, one of my favorites is when I was in Chicago. Yeah, because of the restaurant. <laughs> I never had no wings like that. Never. And the thing about it is, you made sure I had more than enough money while I was there. So I was like, whatever I, whatever I wanted, I can get. Because you were so honored that I obeyed the mission to go there by myself during a, during a time of a riot due to racism. And you sent me there alone as this black woman from D.C. to Chicago during the winter time. And you talk about the curry, no luggage. But curry your back and have, you know, your cosmetics and, you know, change and, you know, refresh things like that. But no shower, no anything, but you can refresh yourself because you're not there to have anything in the way. I need your hands and your feet. So curry a back big enough to fresh yourself up, but you're coming back the next day. Jesus. Jesus. And, my God, my God, and I didn't need for nothing. In fact, you changed the weather for me because I didn't have, you didn't want me to create no head scarf, but it was too much to be carried around. And I got to the northern part of the country and it was more warmer than where I came from. It supposed to have been about at least 30 degrees when I got there. It was 60 degrees. Thank you. At 4 in the morning, at the coldest time in the morning, it was 60-something degrees. You changed the weather for me. And you said, go get something to eat and get whatever you want on the menu. 
And out of everything I got, I just wanted pizza and wings. And I had no idea. I wanted a personal pan. And that personal pan to them is a large. And the price of a personal pan. <laughs> I had to take pizza with me. I don't throw food in the trash. That's just not, that's just not my thing to do. I just don't do that. Not to hold it or say, you know, I just don't, I just don't like that. It's too many people hungry to throw food in the trash. So I just saved them walking around smelling like pizza. <laughs> and I got them waste. Those were the best waste. They weren't all, they weren't small or anything. They were nice. Oh my God, it was the best ways I ever had, God. Thank you. Can we go back? <laughs> God. And the ranch dressing was the best buttermilk ranch dressing I ever had. Lord, I'm still talking about it, Father. You know it must was good. Come on now. Even the sweet tea was like the best tea I ever had. Even a cheesecake of God. And I'm watching movies on my own personal screen while I'm eating at the table. They got screens to fit in every table. And my flight don't leave for another three hours. So I'm sitting there just eating this. And the host kept coming to me, making sure I have everything. You can get as much drinks as you want. You want more wings? You want more whatever? I'm okay. I'm actually really full. I am stuffed. I didn't know you guys give that much for this little price. <laughs> I need to go back to Chicago. <laughs> you understand? What's going on with up in, you know, the East Coast? You paying for a large size pizza and get a personal pan. But in Chicago, you pay for a personal pan and get a large size. My God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I love you. I know. There are going to be times, yeah. I'm going to say, I just want to, I want some. You know, chicken parmesan. Let's go to Italy. You know, I want some, you know, jerk chicken. Or I want some, you know, a Jamaican beef patty. Let's just go to Jamaica. You know, any place like that. I want some, you know, fufu or chapati or Ugandan. Let's go to Africa. Things like that. I want a California roll. Let's go to California. I want some sourdough pancakes. Let's go to Alaska. And while we there, we ministering. But you know, I'm still gonna get a dish cake. We everywhere I go, I ain't lying. Oh God. I want some more shit. Let's go to Asia. <laughs> and ask them what's in this. <laughs> oh God, you gotta ask. It might taste so good. What is it? Oh, snakeskin. What? <laughs> what's this? Camel hump. What? <laughs> oh God. What kind of gravy is this? <laughs> oh God. Anyway, Father, thank you for this moment. I had so, so much fun with you. This recording will always be on for me to play back. And you can play it whenever because you record it also in the kingdom. But, Father, I will never forget. That was a, one of the best mission trips I've been on. And I'll never forget. I was there at the airport. And, you know, people were going home or going on other flights. And I was a little skeptical being in this airport by myself on this in this terminal. And, you know, a woman at night, like 2 or 3 in the morning, you know, from 12 to 3 in the morning, I'm like, no, no one else is here. So I just start praying and praying. And then you say, walk to the next terminal. I walk there. It's people on the ground and sleeping. I mean, on the floor with sleeping bags. I was starting to see people on the floor. I'm like, hey, y'all. Oh, y'all camping out here too? Me too. Because you told me I to go to no, no hotel. You said there's no need to pay money for a hotel if you leave it in the morning. And you like to get all your money's worth. You got to check out at 6. I mean, check out is at 12. And you're going to be leaving at 6. I know you want those other six hours. Yeah, so don't even go. Okay. 
I'll make it worth your stay. Thank you, God. You did. You really did. It was people that was there that was, you know, due to racism, they would look at me and not even want to be racist at all. Even some made smart remarks and then turned around and gave compliments. Thank you. Thank you so much. Even the driver that I had to get me to the mission, to that location, thought I was coming for trouble. No, I'm here for peace. Oh, well, come on then. All right. Where are you from? You have an accent. I'm from D.C. You came from D.C.? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna let, you, let me show you my land. Let me show you my state. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah, God. I love that. It's in me to travel because I'm called to travel. I enjoy it so much. I thank you for the amenities, you know, the luxury, wherever you send me. I really like it a lot. You always cause it to be worth our stay. You take care of us in mission. When I had to go on a flight with a 15 hour flight and many were saying, don't go, don't go. And I said, God, if something happened, I'm going out trusting in you. And I fancied my seatbelt and the plane took off. And you made sure I had good movies to watch. They were serving me as much food. You know, didn't matter the amount, uh, cost, and, you know, and just watching, listening to music and just so energized and so social to those who want to socialize. So amazing. You showed me last night in a dream, two planes were supposed to go down today and they didn't. Because I declared and decreed, and that is established unto me that it would not come to pass. Those passengers and that pilot and co-pilot, that whole entire airport have no idea that the enemy had that set up to happen to them. Thank you for showing me that warning. You can flood me with warnings if you want to, just so I could be a blessing. Then it does not, it does not come to pass. On behalf of anybody here, no matter where you are, who you are, or what you do. God still love us. Never, never change. So continue to flood me with the warnings. Thank you for the prophecies. The warnings I love the most because it stopped what was supposed to happen. That they never encountered what was supposed to happen. And they're still here because of it. Thank you. Had no idea that plane was going to go out of control due to a technical malfunction. Thank you. This is my time for now, Father. What time is it? 8.47. I'm way past due with breathix. <laughs> yeah, my son already ate. It's my turn. Greater is he who's in us. Greater are you who's in us than he's in the world. Yes, I feel so good. Thank you. I release that in the atmosphere. Put everybody, those who just feel like, you know, I could use an extra something, a little bit more something. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it, my God. Receive it. Releasing for them to receive, God. It's so important to use faith. Everything grows. Thank you. Greater is in us. He's in the world. I love you.